You're listening to episode 184 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about mastering marathon recovery, in-between strategies, and rebuilding for a fresh cycle. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners, and welcome to episode 184. My name is Letty, I'm your host. My name is Ryan, the co-host. And welcome to another episode of the Marathon Running Podcast. Ryan, how are you feeling today? Tired. Tired. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this episode, because we are going to talk about how to recover from a marathon training cycle, what to do in between, and how to slowly and safely rebuild mileage and work out and have a perfect marathon cycle next time. Hopefully it also works when your kids wake you up in the middle of the night and you're tired because of that. Well, that's when a good coach comes in, right? Because you always have to have some kind of leeway or you have to know how to adjust your training plan. That is true. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in with us today. Thank you if you are a long-time listener. Thank you for your feedback and your continuous support. And if you're new, I hope you find us valuable and you keep listening. Yes, we hope to make this podcast your go-to platform or source for everything marathon-related. And we're here to inspire you, inform you, and make those miles a little bit more enjoyable. So Letty, why'd you pick this topic? Yeah, so I picked this episode topic because most of us have finished our fall marathons. Of course, there's still a few left, but most of us have wrapped this up and now we are looking to recover a little bit and then perhaps hop into the next race, which could be a spring marathon. A few of us have gotten into the Tokyo lottery and we are going to be running March 3rd. So we're trying to figure out what is a good balance, how much recovery do our bodies need, and then how do we slowly build our mileage back up? Sounds valuable. So who's our guest? Yeah, so our guest is Chris Knight, and we've had him on lately quite a lot. Um, he is a very savvy running coach that has talked about different marathon cycles and how to ramp up for them. So I felt like he was going to be the perfect guest for this. He's come on several other podcasts. So if you like him, go back and listen to some of the old ones too. So are you ready to hear from Chris? Let's get into it. So without any further ado, we're now going to play our conversation with Chris Knighton. All right, so I'm back on here with running coach Chris Knighton. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, buddy, you're welcome, and thanks for having me on the show again. Yeah, of course, and I'm excited to tackle today's topic with you, which is basically what we should do as runners after we are done with the marathon and before we start rolling into the new, you know, marathon cycles. And we're recording this because we've basically just finished with most fall races. We have CIM left, but most runners that did the majors are probably done. There's Philly this weekend. And then we have a short time period for most addicted marathon runners before we hop into a spring race, which is not that far away. So let's talk about how to handle that and start with the appropriate recovery time. What is the optimal rest or duration for rest after you complete a marathon? And what factors should we take into account when we talk about it, such as fitness level and race intensity? Yeah. So if you want to enjoy running long term, if you want to be in the sport for 
a decade or more and, and still loving it and, and hopefully even still improving, you know, after five to 10 years of running, I highly encourage everyone listening to this to take two weeks off after they run their goal marathon. And two weeks off might sound like a lot, especially for those addicted runners out there. Just the whole thought of not doing any running at all for two weeks sounds crazy. And admittedly, it is kind of a lot. But there's two main reasons why I suggest people take two weeks off. First of all, because honestly, even though it's two weeks for most people, it actually sounds a little extreme. And they're like, oh, okay, there's some benefit to taking some time off here. Maybe I'll at least take a week or maybe I'll take a week and a half or maybe I'll actually do the full two weeks, but I know I should take something. And the reason why is two two, uh, fold really. First is physical. So marathons, if you train for a marathon and run one to the best of your ability, you know, try hard on it. You're not just out there jogging it and it's not a big deal for you, right? Like if you're actually focusing for this and it's your goal and you're you're training for it for months on end and you're peaking your fitness for it and you're going really hard on it. That marathon is going to be really hard on your body physically. And, um, you know, you've been training for this thing for months and just getting to the starting line healthy is first off a huge accomplishment, but often to get to the starting line of a marathon and being in your best fitness, there's been some ups and downs with how you feel along the way physically. Maybe you've you've got a you know some sort of minor thing physically that's been going on, but but it's fine. You're in great shape and you've and you've run well. You know, maybe you just feel super good and nothing's been bothering you physically, but there still could be things under the surface. So it's really important after you you, you run a marathon and train for a marathon for so many months and ends that you take a good two weeks off to let your body fully recover hundred percent before you get back into running again so that you can start your next phase of training, your next cycle of training at hundred percent. You don't want any lingering discomfort or minor injuries or real injuries carrying over from one season to the next. And then the second reason why I encourage people to take time off two weeks off is simply to avoid getting burnt out on running. If you want to run and enjoy it and enjoy running at a high level for for years or even decades, it's important to take breaks and to give yourself the opportunity to take breaks. To be your best for a marathon, you I mean you need to train for 4 or 5 months focused on that one event, you know. Every day it can be sometimes a grind even though we love it. Sometimes it can be a grind. At the end of that race, you want to give yourself a break and and mentally just detach from running for a little bit. And you want to do that for as long, honestly, as long as you can until you start getting stir crazy. Once you get start getting stir crazy and you know you want to get back out there and running, that's a good sign because it means you've taken enough time that you know you're excited to get back out and run again. You're excited for what your goals are going to be next. So that's that's my long-winded answer for why you should take two weeks off after a marathon. Makes complete sense. Um, I know that I love having high mileage training cycles where towards the end, 
the high mileage has me depleted and then I do the tapering and everything. So after a marathon, I can't wait to take that time off. Um, but let me ask some follow-up questions because I know not everybody can relate to this. Well, first of all, how much fitness do we lose? Because I know people worry about that, right? How much fitness do we lose? We've gotten ourselves so fit that suddenly we're changing everything, which comes with our change in lack of burning calories, et cetera. So maybe can you talk that about that a little bit? Yeah, you'll lose a little bit, but that's intentional. And that is for your, it's for your good, for your own good. To maintain the highest level of fitness that you can maintain, you can't really maintain that for very long. This is why most marathon training cycles, they build up mileage over time. Maybe there's a period where you're kind of at a peak mileage for a few weeks to a month, and then you taper to let that fatigue you've built up go and let your full fitness come out and emerge. Eventually, yeah, you're going to start to detrain and lose some fitness if you're running less mileage. That's why tapers are generally are fairly short, you know, maybe only about two weeks. And also that's why we keep the recovery period afterwards to two weeks. If you think you're going to have two, two weeks of less running before your marathon and then two weeks of no running after your marathon, that's like a month where you're running significantly less mileage than you would in the middle of a marathon, but it's fine. Like when you get back into running your first few weeks, maybe your first month of training, yeah, you're going to feel a little bit sluggish. You're going to feel a little bit slower. You might even say like, how the heck did I run that fast when I was in such good marathon shape? But that's just the cycle of training. And it, by taking that time off after a race, you're allowing your body to rest physically, to grow stronger from the, the race itself, to recover from it, to start the beginning of your next marathon training cycle at 100%. And then as you go through the same building process and, or hopefully improve upon it for the next time, and you go through that same building process, you are going to reach a higher peak next time. So um, imagine you got yourself up to, to a certain level. You, you, you worked really, really hard for four months and you got to, uh, let's, let's say you started your marathon training cycle and you were on like, let's say level five. By the end of your training cycle, you're at level 10. You take two weeks off, you go down to level eight. When you, so when you start your next training cycle, you're at like level eight. But then as you go through your, your next training cycle, you go from eight to nine to 10 to 11 to 12. And like maybe you're at level 12 or 13 with the next time you, you peak for your marathon, right? And then you take time off, you go down a few more levels. Yeah, you lose some fitness. But then on your third marathon, you build up even higher. Maybe then you're at like level 18 or something like that before your next marathon. So the consistency over time, over the course of several years, is how people keep improving over and over again. But if you, you know, you look at people who um, maybe, maybe run like 10 marathons a year or something like that, uh, they're probably not improving at this, like in, at the same rate as people who do maybe two or three and follow this more phase-based approach of, of building, taking rest, building, taking rest, building, taking rest. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I always, I always play devil's advocate by asking you these questions, but I know a lot of elite runners that 
exactly do that, that have a mandatory two to four week period of not running at all. And those are, you know, the top runners of the world that do that. So if they can do it. I think we can all swallow our pride and uh, do that too, because we have other things that they don't have. We have full-time jobs, we have children, we have families and all that stuff. So that all makes sense. But let's talk about the transition period between those marathons and what we should be doing. What are some key areas that we should focus on? Would it be rehabilitation if you're injured or maybe implementing cross training or what is it that we can do that when we start, we start off to a better training cycle? I think at the end of a marathon training cycle, you want to really spend some time reviewing everything you did throughout the whole process. Think about what went well in your training and what were some areas that you'd like to improve or change up next time. There's always something that you can add that's going to better your training for the next cycle. And I, and I encourage folks to, you know, rather than try to do everything at once, do try to just identify one or two things you can bring into your next cycle to do better with. So, you know, a, a, a cliche of runners is that we're bad at doing our strength training. We love to go run, but we're not usually very good about doing our strength training. If that's you, maybe in your base building phase, you can make a bigger effort to do your strength training. We'll see if it sticks this this cycle or not, <laughs> but at least you've identified that. Um, you know, maybe it's you want to you want to pay t- attention to different. You want to do different types of of workouts early on. Um, one thing that I always encourage people to do in the time between marathons is to identify what some of their weaknesses are as a runner and focus on improving those. Um, for, for most folks, there, there's really two things that they can, they can focus on from a training perspective in this time between the marathons. And that's, do you need to get, do you simply need to be faster or do you simply need to be running more to achieve your goals? I think those are two things that, you can look at and focus on and and work on in the time between marathon training cycles so that your next marathon will be a lot better, hopefully, than the one before it. Okay, so this is all more of a reflection approach. We're not really doing anything physically, but we're just keeping our mind engaged, probably also to hype us up a little bit for the next upcoming training cycle. Yeah. I mean, during the time off, during the rest period, the two weeks, don't don't even think about running at all. Don't even <laughs> try your best to just not run. Don't even think about running. Don't even look at it like online or listen to podcasts. Just take a break from it. But once you get excited about it, once you start getting into your, your base building phase again, you start going out for your first few couple of jogs, then yeah, in those first a uh, week or two that you get back into it and you're and you're working to rebuild your mileage start to get start to think about these new things you want to start to incorporate you know what are some things that you could do that you didn't do last time that would excite you i know for me um i just ran the chicago marathon i had a great race and i'm super excited as i'm getting back into my marathon or into my training to just do some new styles of workouts that I've I've honestly never done before. And I'm really excited about those. 
Um, so find something that's going to excite you and that you think is going to help you and try to bring that into your training each, each time you start a new race training block. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So then let's say we are finishing up our two weeks at least of resting and then four months from now, which is 16 weeks, which I know is your ideal training cycle, we have a marathon. What is the safest approach to um, rebuilding this mileage after this rest period? Yeah, so I guess it depends on how far away your next marathon is. So you said 16 weeks. I'm just giving you this extreme example because I know yeah. that there's a lot of people that just finished fall marathons and they're doing the six world right. majors. And so they have Tokyo yep. coming up. Tokyo is actually a flat course. So, you know, instead of fun running it, a lot of people will actually try to run it fast. Um, that's why I'm asking you this extreme question. Yeah. So if that's the case and you just got to get right back into marathon training, after two weeks off, you can rebuild your mileage fairly quickly. Something that you're going to want to think about is, were you comfortable with the amount of mileage you were running before? Were you healthy? Did you go through that training block injury-free? If the answer to that is yes, and, and, and you want to do more mileage in the next training block, I think you could look at peaking at about 10 miles more per week than what you were doing in, in, in that previous training block. So you'll want to build out a progression of how do you get to that peak. And let's just say, hypothetically, in this first marathon you did, you peaked at about 40 miles per week. For your second marathon, you could peak at 50 miles per week, so 10 more. You'd probably want to spend about a month's time, three to four weeks' time at that peak mileage before you begin to taper. So really the starting like six weeks before the marathon, you'd want to be at that peak mileage. So 50 in this example. So that would mean you'd have maybe 10 weeks or so to build up to that. So um, how do you get how do you how do you do that? What what I would suggest is the first month of your marathon training. I would say, yeah, first month to month and a half should be a simply a base building period, rebuilding your mileage. During this phase, don't think so much about speed workouts. You are going to want to do a little bit of speed, not completely neglect it, but the priority is focusing on rebuilding your mileage. In the first week that you're running again, you should aim to do about 50% of the mileage that you peaked at in your previous marathon training cycle. In your second week back, you could do about 75% of that. And then by your fourth week, you do probably want to get up close to about 100% of that if you're if you're comfortable doing that amount of mileage as well. So um, in your third week, you could do a little bit more to try to bridge the gap, maybe 85, 90% of your previous peak mileage. And then um, in week four, you could get all the way up to your previous peak mileage again. What this is going to mean is that, let's say you're training for a 16-week marathon training cycle. If you're already back at your peak mileage by week four or so of training, you're going to spend so much more time at that peak mileage in the second marathon training cycle in your upcoming one than you did in the one previous. And you're going to be able to continue to build beyond there. So after you've spent a month getting back up to that peak amount, you know you can spend about three weeks at that peak amount 
then take a recovery week, then do maybe three weeks at five miles higher, take a recovery week. And then by that point, you're getting into like maybe week 12 of your marathon training cycle. You could spend three weeks or so at your new peak mileage, which could be, let's say about 10 miles higher than it was before your previous marathon. And then by that point, you're going to start to taper down and get ready for your race. Um, when you take an approach like this, it does it lets you gradually build back up to that peak. But then, yeah, I mean, you're spending like three months basically at a mileage that previously you had only probably spent a few weeks or or a um, or a month at. So you'll be a lot more prepared for your next marathon when you take an approach like this. And how many, um, just because it sounds, it sounds like a lot, um, how many training cycles in is this, or how many marathons have you done at that previous peak mileage before you can take an approach like this? Just one that's been healthy, really. I mean, for most folks, I mean, we're not, we're not talking about when I, when I say peak mileage, it's not like we're talking about elite elite athletes who are peaking at like 80 or 90 or hundred miles per week. Um, for most folks listening to this, maybe they only got up to like 30 or 40 or 50 miles consistently before. Um, you don't know if, if you've run what you consider like a huge amount of mileage in the past or an amount that was time consuming or, you know, physically exhausting, you don't necessarily need to get back to that so quickly. You can be more gradual with it. Um, but if you've, gone through your marathon training cycle, you're you're healthy, you're happy through the process, you take two weeks off afterwards, you, you won't have lost much fitness. So you can rebuild back up to that, that peak within um, a month or so if you want to. The example that I shared here is, um, I, I think depending on the types of, of workouts you're doing, totally fine, safe approach. This is how I, I do it with most of my athletes when they're progressing over time. Um, but you can always be more conservative than this. Okay. I'm really glad I asked this question. Um, because I peaked at 80 miles a week at the last cycle and I was just about to start running my heart out based on your, uh, on your, what you provided for the training. And, um, so how would you modify this? If you're already a little bit at this high mileage, say you're already running mm -hmm. 60, 70 miles a week. Yeah. I mean, um, everyone's going to have an amount of running that is like just doable for them. I mean, that like, a, like, a, like an amount that feels normal, it doesn't feel super hard. So for me, that's if, if I run six days a week, which, which is what I like to do. And, you know, I go for an hour or so a day, maybe the long run, that's like an hour and a half. I usually do like 45 to 50 miles per week. That's for me, regular maintenance week or whatever. Everyone is going to have a different number in their mind. That's that. If I'm doing 40 or 50 miles per week, I mean, I could, I could do that year round and have no trouble at all. Um, once I start to build up the mileage and, you know, I get into the 60 or 70 or 80, like I did before Chicago. Yeah. It feels like a lot and it feels all consuming. Um, But that's also why I personally only like to really peak for one marathon uh, per year, because I know that I'll have, yeah, I'll have like two months of time, maybe three months of time where I'm really focusing on it and I'm really 
spending a huge amount of time running and and I know I'm going to probably get in the best fitness of all the entire year. Um, and I'm willing to do that. You know, I think if you're more of a, it, and, and if that's what you want to do, this is why I encourage folks to, yeah, do one or two marathons per year. And then that means maybe you have two or four months out of the year that you're really going hard with your training. Um, the, the rest of the time you are sort of in these more, what's general maintenance mileage for you. Um, you know, and if, and if you're someone who is constantly going from one marathon to the next, to the next, to the next, yeah, you're probably not going to want to train super hard all the time. For for me with, uh, sh- like when I trained for Chicago, I, I trained for four months, you know, I probably did a month at 50, a month at 60, a month at 70, a month at 80, roughly speaking. Only the 70 and 80 per mile week were hard in terms of big time commitment. The 50 and 60 that, I mean, for me, that's just what I normally would do, enjoying it. And it doesn't feel like a huge burden. How do runners know when they're capped out, when they shouldn't do more mileage? Because it's not just the mileage we do, it's also the speed work. There's there's really two different types of athletes. There's athletes who you know, think about what's your limiting factor. Is is your limit limit just like the amount of time you have available, or is your limit your your fitness and you know physical ability to run more? I know I could physically run more, but I probably don't want to spend the time or try to make the time to run more than eighty miles per week. So I, I'm kind of capped out, probably just based on where I am with my life. But if I was someone running only, you know, when, when I brand new marathoners who've come to most brand new marathoners who come to me do their first marathon on something like 30 to 40 miles per week. And most of them, I can continue to have them increase their mileage, you know, from 30 in the first marathon to 40 in the second to 50 to 60. Once you get above like 60 miles per week for most adults especially when you have a family or you know a career or whatever it becomes a bit more subjective of like how much more do you really want to do but if you're running less than 50 miles per week for a marathon maybe you and i, I don't know i'm not going to tell people to run more but like maybe you could um, but if you're running more than that maybe time is more of a limiting factor Absolutely. Um, everyone's different, right? With their responsibilities and also your pace, like people cover distances at different times. So it's hard to speak to everyone, but. Which is exactly um, why I'm going to ask you just briefly, how do people get in touch with you if they want to consult with you and see what's really best for them? Yeah. So um, you can find me on my website. It's nightandruns.com or connect with me on Instagram at nightandruns. And um I'm interviewing new athletes this month who want to get started training for the spring 2024 marathon season. So if you like what you heard from me today, you can uh, apply on my website. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Coach Chris, for speaking with us. Hopefully everyone took some good notes um, on these uh, percentages of how to safely increase your mileage. I hope you guys learned something about recovery And really take that time off, take it to heart because we don't want to have any niggling injuries coming back up or appearing for the first time during our training cycles. That was great, Chris. And hopefully people 
can learn something so that they don't get injured uh, when they're trying to run more again. But if you do get injured, next week we have... Brody Sharp, the promised and long-awaited interviewee. We've actually had this interview recorded for the past two weeks, but then I felt like it was more pertinent to have the Christmas episode ready and then this uh, training episode. But yeah, so now next week, stay tuned. This time for sure, 100%. We're going to play Brody Sharp's conversation with us where we talk about prehab to avoid rehab. That's a catchy name. It is. Every time I hear that, I think about you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know? that. Okay, song. settle down. Ice tea. <laughs> Let's not get off track. So with that. So with that, have a great week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information and marathon running news, please head to www.marathonrunningpodcast.com and we'll be back next week. Bye.